oral questions by members? Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, after five years of this health minister, our health care system is, to borrow a term from the Premier, crumbling. One million British Columbians waitlisted to see a specialist. The worst walk-in clinic wait times in the country. Hundreds of thousands of our neighbours and friends unable to get timely medical imaging. One in five British Columbians that cannot access a family physician, almost one million British Columbians. Hospitals in chaos, emergency rooms closed right across the province. People dying after two days on a stretcher in hospital waiting rooms. Ambulance delays that are literally costing people their lives. Now in the real world, Anybody overseeing such a compilation of failure would have been fired a long time ago. But there's been zero accountability in this NDP government, Mr. Speaker. And it's time for that to change. Will this health minister do the right thing today, accept responsibility for his government's appalling record of failure, and resign? Minister of Health. Thank you very much, Honourable Speaker. And uh, my reflection on this period of two public health emergencies is what extraordinary work healthcare workers have done around British Columbia. I think our record in challenging times as a jurisdiction in response, in particular to COVID-19, has been without equal in the world, and I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of everyone involved. I just note, for example, Honourable Speaker, that in March and April of 2020, as Minister of Health, I was responsible for one of the most difficult decisions I had to make, which was to delay tens of thousands of surgeries. 99% of those were made up, 99%. And surgical wait times were reduced in a time of pandemic, Honorable Speaker. We increased our capacity, and how do we do it? By adding anesthesiologists, by adding nurses, by adding medical processing technologists, by taking action. Equally in primary care, we had to take steps to maintain a system as a result of COVID-19 measures, and we did changing fee codes and increasing the number of primary care visits. There is no question that like every jurisdiction in the world, in every jurisdiction in Canada, our healthcare workers, our healthcare professionals, our healthcare teams, and patients are facing challenges they have not seen before. But since I've been Minister of Health, there have been 38,000 more of them doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners and uh, health sciences professionals and healthcare workers who are making a difference for everybody. I'm proud of them and I'm proud of the BC healthcare system while recognizing all of the things we have to do now, all of the things we have to do in primary care and surgery and diagnostics in long-term care to make it better. Leader of the Official Opposition, Supplemental. Thank you, thank you uh, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, 
It's not about the healthcare workers. We know they are doing exceptional work. It's about a system that this NDP government has overseen now for almost six years that is literally collapsing. Now, the minister can make all the excuses he wants, but results are what matter. He loves to cite all kinds of meaningless numbers in this House, <laughs> but he ignores the numbers that matter. And the numbers that matter are outcomes and results, what people are actually seeing out of this health care system. The public has lost faith in useless announcements that don't result in any improved services or results. To take just one example, over 14 months ago, the minister made a big, flashy announcement claiming he was going to improve the ambulance response times. But things have actually gotten worse since that announcement 14 months ago. And yet, when the NDP were quick to fire the CEO of BC Ferries because of apparently some late ferry delays and some cancellations, at the same time they're protecting a minister who's overseeing a system where people are literally dying as a result of the lack of services that they're looking for when they need it in this province. Will the minister just wake up to the reality that the results we're getting are not working and it's time for somebody, somebody, anybody in this government to accept the responsibility for what's taking place? Minister of Health. Well, uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker, and members of the House will know, and the Leader of the Opposition is a former Minister of Health, he will know this, that our ambulance service, BC Emergency Health Services, had 30% permanent staff when I became Minister of Health, a situation that put it maybe in the 20th century, maybe in the 19th century, in terms of organization, after 16 years, including some of them, with him as Minister of Health. Today, Honourable Speaker, because Honourable Speaker, it, well, Honourable Speaker, um, we just heard a member of the opposition shout out about union members. He's referring to ambulance paramedics and dispatchers, and you bet there are more of them. That bargaining unit, Honourable Speaker, that bargaining unit is increased by 26 percent because demand for ambulance. Five hundred new full-time and part-time positions, Honourable Speaker. More ambulance response than ever before. We are facing a period of, of course, very significant challenges, Honourable Speaker. Members will know that. We went one year, 2020 to 2021, when we had 100,000 more calls on a 500,000 call base. And our ambulance paramedics, under the circumstances, have done an excellent job. We have to continue to build our ambulance service, adding full-time ambulance paramedics, adding air ambulances, which was essential during the pandemic, when we flew hundreds of people from the north and saving lives every single day. And so, un unlike the opposition, who refers to ambulance paramedics and dispatches as just union members in a derisive way, Honourable Speaker, we believe in them. 
We know we need more of them. We know they deserve our support. We know they deserve our support when they're dealing with two public health emergencies, and we will, they will continue to get it every single day. Member for Prince George Wilmount. Well, thank you very much. What British Columbians know is that when they call 911 in British Columbia, there is no guarantee that an ambulance is coming. That's not about paramedics, that's about this minister and this government. And he did it again today. What British Columbians want this minister to do is acknowledge, for once, that we have a health care crisis. Every single part of the health care system is in crisis. Radiologists in the province are just the latest to feel they had no choice but to publicly beg for this minister to meet with them and to do something. They warned the minister that we are facing, and I quote, a tsunami of late stage cancer cases because of delayed access to medical imaging for hundreds of thousands of people in British Columbia. Wait times of two months for a diagnostic breast exam, two and a half months for mammograms, three months for biopsies, and over one year for screening ultrasounds. The minister knows this is completely unacceptable, and it is time that he accepted responsibility. British Columbians have lost confidence in this minister. Today, he needs to do the right thing, accept responsibility, and resign. Minister of Health. Well, Honourable Speaker, I would say, Honourable Speaker, that the one subject this opposition shouldn't be raising is diagnostic imaging. In the Northern Health Authority, which the member represents, they did 22 MRIs per thousand when I became Minister of Health, but a third of the health care they got in Ontario. And what have we done? We went from 174,000 MRI uh, exams in 2016-17 to almost 300,000 in a pandemic, reducing left Honourable Speaker, 220,000. That's 220,000 CT scans. Now, I admit, Honourable Speaker, I admit that the low base before that made that number seem bigger because it was a low base, Honourable Speaker. But we went to, from one of the bottom in the country to one of the top in the country in terms of diagnostic imaging. That is what the facts are, Honourable Speaker. Now, Honourable Speaker, now, Honourable Speaker, I would agree with radiologists that we need to always do better, and I absolutely will meet with them and absolutely work to do better. But I would say this, Honourable Speaker, I would say this on this question, where people, especially in Northern Health, especially in Fraser Health, had levels of care below standard, Honourable Speaker, and that standard had been raised up. It's very surprising to hear the opposition, the opposition who were the authors of a policy that allowed people to sit and wait or buy their own care to make this argument in this House. Member for Supplemental. Well, perhaps the Minister's forgotten that the letter came from radiologists in British Columbia.
And if he wants to talk about reality in Northern Health, then perhaps he should have been at the rally where nurses in Prince George said to this government and this minister, they are done. They expect him to do something. Let's talk about outcomes, because that is what matters. This province used to lead the country in cancer outcomes, exactly. but not anymore. That's Last a year, a 32-year-old woman with a high genetic risk of developing breast cancer had an abnormal MRI, but it took six months for a breast biopsy to finally confirm the cancer. Surgery wasn't done for another three months after the diagnosis, a full nine months from the abnormal imaging. Now the breast cancer is almost six centimeters in size, and now it requires both chemotherapy and radiation. The devastating personal result of a crumbling healthcare system that this minister continues to refuse to acknowledge. British Columbians expect better from their Minister of Health. They expect him to acknowledge a system that is going to collapse. So to the Minister of Health, will he listen to British Columbians who are crying out for this government to take action? Will he do the right thing today? Step aside and resign. Minister of Health. Well, uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And action is what's required, Honourable Speaker. Action is what's required. When uh, I became Minister of Health, we were last in Canada in registered nurses per capita. Last. You can't get any worse than last. Since then, we've led the country. In February, we announced new training positions for nurses across British Columbia. We provided, to, we pr made changes for internationally educated workers. Action. That's what people want. They want action. And that is what they're getting. No, Honourable Speaker, the leader of the opposition, the leader of the opposition was Minister of Health for two years. There were fewer registered nurses when he started, when he ended, than when he started, which is quite an achievement. Quite an achievement. Which is quite an achievement, Honourable Speaker. We have led the country more registered nurses, and we have to do more. That is why we're training more. That's why we're making it easier for internationally educated nurses to work here. That's why we're treating healthcare workers with respect, Honourable Speaker. That's why the people who provide care at the bedside in long-term care and acute care and in the community, healthcare assistants have been respected and added in the tens of thousands since I became Minister of Health, Honourable Speaker. Their policy was to disrespect them, to take away their rights, and to lay them off, Honourable Speaker. Our policy is to support health care workers because health care workers support patients. Leader of the Third Party. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. My colleague and I spent the summer traveling around the province, meeting with doctors, specialists, nurses, mayors, councillors, and citizens. In Smithers, we heard how doctors are scrambling to do the job of five people. Every year, they face budget cut after budget cut. Even the cream in their coffee has been taken away. In New Denver, ambulances aren't coming when they're needed because the single truck available in the region has been sent out for something else. In the Cowichan Valley, and Saanich, patients with cancer are waiting months to receive treatment or being told 
they're likely not to see an oncologist before they die. In Nelson, emergency rooms are almost closing due to a shortage of nurses in the interior and on the islands. ERs are closing on weekends and evenings because of this problem. We ran the numbers, 126 ER closures this year. The healthcare system is in crisis and people are very concerned. But what we heard from people was not that they wanted blame assigned or fingers pointed, they wanted solutions brought forward. My question, honorable speaker, is to the Minister of Health. Here the minister, I think, taking respons some responsibility for the state of healthcare in BC. But I'd like to hear from him, what does accountability for the state of healthcare in BC look like? Minister of Health. Thank you, honorable speaker. And uh, I think, honorable speaker, in the face of uh, two public health emergencies that affected everybody in BC. And everybody in BC, just about everybody, has contributed to that response. And I think, uh, I think what we do and what we have to continue to do is work to ensure that our healthcare system provides the care for patients they need when they need it. So on surgeries, that meant 84 different <coughs> measures Honourable Speaker, 84 different measures to reduce wait times, adding new uh, nurses, new anesthesiologists, new medical processing technologists, so that people would get care sooner. In long-term care, it meant 90% of care homes were below the government's own standards, Honourable Speaker, their own standards, and they stayed that way for 10 years after the standards were left. We've raised those standards in long-term care to meet that standard. We had, in British Columbia, 90 care homes that were under three hours per resident day. There are none today because of the action that we took, Honourable Speaker, and that makes a real difference for people. We've increased and improved diagnostic care. And during the pandemic, when we needed to hire 1,500 contact tracers, we found them and we hired them. We need to put up the biggest immunization uh, program in history, a program that has saved tens of thousands and more lives, Honourable Speaker. We found the staff and we did it. I think that's accountability. I think that's responding. And I think we have to acknowledge as well that the demand on our healthcare system in an aging population is growing and will continue to grow. And that's why we presented on Honourable Speaker on Thursday a health human resources plan for the coming years that will focus on retention of our existing healthcare workers recruitment, training, Honourable Speaker, and the redesign of a system to ensure, Honourable Speaker, that the next generation, as this generation has at time of challenge, gets the care they need. Thank that, you. Honourable Speaker, that, Honourable Speaker, is the approach we take. It's Thank action you. and it's a response. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Leader of the Third Party, supplemental. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. And, and I, I hear the list of actions. I'm not sure it really speaks to the question of accountability, and, and particularly hearing from uh, mayors at UBCM recently. The question that kept getting put to us in meetings is, is who's, who's responsible for the fact that the ambulance doesn't come? Who's responsible for the ER not being open when I need it? Where's the accountability in this system? Where does it rest? The healthcare crisis we are in absolutely is not something that happened overnight. It's years of 
mismanagement, it's years of cuts, it's years of health, health emergencies. Uh, and like many issues we face, it's too big for one person. The Premier recently said, good ideas come from all sides of the House. And just a couple weeks ago at UBCM, every party leader in this House gave speeches on the importance of collaboration and working across party lines. British Columbians do not want healthcare to be used as a political football. British Columbians want to know that all of us, and we are all committed to this, all of us are committed to solving this crisis. Honourable Speaker, my question is to the Premier. Will he strike an all-party working group on health care? Premier. Oh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. Speaker, and I, I thank the Leader of the Green Party for her question. And the, the notion of collaboration, which all of us, the member, uh, leader, official leader, leader of the official opposition, the Green Party leader, and myself, spoke about to the Union of BC Municipalities last week, remains true today as, it, as true today as it was last week. The challenges we face are profound. The challenges on human resource side, which we've heard from the official opposition this morning, are absolutely the same in Alberta the same in Saskatchewan, the same in Ontario, the same in Quebec. And that's why all of the premiers of Canada from all political parties have said we need to collaborate all orders of government, which includes local governments. We've had ideas and suggestions and proposals coming forward to myself, to the Minister of Health and others, and we continue to work on those, Honourable Speaker. The challenge is, of course, that we have already seen tremendous collaboration on some significant issues on all sides of this House. We're going to be talking, I'm sure, I'm hopeful, about uh, re repeat offenders in a few moments as other questions come forward. What did we do to start that work? We collaborated together looking at the Police Act for the first time in 50 years. Not the government, not the opposition, not the Green Party, all of us. When called upon to do something more about the challenges with one of the health care crises the Minister talked about, the opioid crisis, we have an all-party committee doing that very work. So the collaboration on a, a bunch of issues is happening. But if we are going to address the challenges in health care, which the minister has been talking about, which the official opposition has raised, we need a national response. And that's not finger-pointing, Honourable, Honourable Speaker. That's saying to our partners, we need to do this together. A human resource strategy in British Columbia is going forward despite the absence of the federal government. But if we're going to be successful in every corner of this country, we have to have a prime minister, a finance minister in Ottawa, and a national government that understands and recognizes the issues that the, the leader of the official opposition raised, the issues that the, the interim leader of the opposition raised, and the issues that have been raised about accountability and what are we going to do together to solve these challenges for the people of British Columbia and Canada. We can't do it by ourselves. Good ideas do come from every honourable member, and they should be heading to Ottawa because we need to have the federal government with us, shoulder to shoulder, to solve these profound issues. Member for West Vancouver, Capilano. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. On July 9th, a woman was admitted at Lionsgate Hospital for possible heart problems. But instead of getting the help she needed, she spent two days lying on a stretcher in an overcrowded waiting room. By mid-afternoon of July 11th, two days later, she was found unresponsive by a family member and later died. This is what Adrian Gear of the BC Nurses Union said about this tragedy, quote, 
Nurses are upset. They're angry. They feel this is something that absolutely could have and should have been prevented. This has happened at the Lionsgate ER, but this could be honestly any emergency room in the province at this point. And what was the Minister of Health's reaction? The Minister downplayed what happened, claiming that the woman received, quote, significant care. Now, I can't imagine that having anyone in your family die on a stretcher in an overcrowded waiting room should ever be considered significant care. This province deserves a health minister that prioritizes outcomes. Will this minister do the right thing, stand up and resign? Minister of Health. Uh, thank you, Honourable Chair, and uh, as members of the House will know, when individual cases come forward, we don't comment in a, in, a in a specific sense about those cases. But what I would say here, and what I was referring to, was the care provided by doctors and specialists and nurses, in this case, in the Lionsgate Hospital, Honourable Speaker. There are issues, especially, Honourable Speaker, in that period, in, in terms of having people leave the emergency room and go up to the wards. It's why it is so important that we have a healthcare system that allows them to do that, that allows people to have supports in the community so that we have room on the wards. But in that case, we went through in detail that, that issue with the Vancouver Coastal Health staff, Honourable Speaker. I think for the family, Honourable Speaker, there is absolutely nothing to be said. It is absolutely tragic when someone passes away, particularly in those circumstances. And that's why we have to do exactly what we're doing, Honourable Speaker, which is in a time, a very challenging time for the healthcare system, add healthcare staff, train more, recruit more, so that patients get the care they deserve, not an, in a location that clearly is not acceptable, Honourable Speaker, but get that care in their own room where it should be in a hospital like Lionsgate. That's what I said at the time. I express my uh, profound <clears throat> sadness at the time. Nobody downplayed anything. And to suggest that we're doing that, Honourable Speaker, for the sake of political rhetoric, I don't think is the right path. Opposition House Leader. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, the, the disconnect between what the minister is saying here today, frankly, what he says on most days, and what's actually happening uh, out there in communities is breathtaking. In every corner of this province, people are suffering. They're unable to access basic health care services like accessing a family doctor. In my hometown of Kamloops, over 40,000 residents are without a family doctor today. The time for action is long overdue, but all we're getting from the minister are empty words and empty announcements. And the bottom line is that his results as Minister of Health are terrible. Mr. Speaker, enough is enough. That's the message from British Columbians across this province. Enough is enough. Surely this minister knows that he's failing and nothing that he's tried, nothing that he throws at this, no announcement that he puts out there, none of it is working. So will he do the honourable thing and resign as the Minister of Health or is he going to wait for the next Premier to fire him? Minister of Health. Oh. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, uh, and uh, through you to the Opposition House Leader. 
I would say that what people in BC deserve is action, and that's what they're getting, Honourable Speaker. We've added, we've gone, Honourable Speaker, from zero urgent and primary care centres to 29, who serve 1.4 million people, who have, Honourable Speaker, 370 staff in them, Honourable Speaker. We've added 59 primary care networks, who have 1,210 staff in them, Honourable Speaker, more than 200 of those staff to support principally family practice doctors and nurse practitioners to support people dealing with issues of mental health and addiction. More than 200 added net to primary care networks because that is what doctors said they needed, Honourable Speaker. We've added, Honourable Speaker, surgeries, surgical nurses, anesthesiologists, medical processing technologists, such, Honourable Speaker, that those wait times have gone down. And, Honourable Speaker, there are significant challenges in these times of pandemic, and it's why we're taking action everywhere, Honourable Speaker, to support primary care, to support patients in getting the care they need and deserve in the community. That's why we've taken the actions we've taken since 2017, when BC was, was below everybody else in key categories, to raise up those standards, why we've taken actions during the pandemic to address the very serious challenges facing all aspects of our healthcare system, and it's why we're taking action now, Honourable Speaker. And so I would say to the Honourable Member, in Kamloops and everybody where else, and in Kamloops especially, where they've seen more challenges than anyone else, because of all of the events that occurred, Honourable Speaker, when they see more challenges, we need to continue to do what we're doing, which is to add nurses, to add doctors, to add outside professionals, so that people get the care that they deserve. Member for Kamloops, North Thompson. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. And today we've heard example after example, and it's like the minister doesn't seem to want to acknowledge that this is what's actually happening in people's everyday lives in the healthcare system in British Columbia. On August 25th, in Barrier, in my riding, tragically an eight-month-old baby lost their life waiting for an ambulance. According to Troy Clifford of the Ambulance Paramedics, he says, quote, we didn't have an ambulance available for somebody in their time of need, end quote. That's the reality of what's happening in our paramedic system right now, Mr. Speaker. They're burned out. 30% are reporting feeling burned out. 30%. We have acute shortages of ambulance across this province and this minister keeps standing up trying to make it sound like he's done everything possible and he's having nothing but great success. He's not. He's failing by every single measure. It's putting a stress on the family that loses the baby. It's putting the stress on the healthcare workers that have to stand by and watch that unfold. Be it the first responder, be it the nurse, be it a radiologist, be it a family doctor. They're all feeling the stress under this minister's failure over the last five years of the health care system. When will this minister stand up, do the right thing, and for once take accountability for something happening under his watch? I'll remind the minister, most of the health authority boards were appointed by this minister over the last five years. This is a direct result of his lack of action and his lack of accountability. When will this minister take the proper responsibility and do the right thing, the honourable thing, and resign? Minister of Health. 
Thank you, Honorable Speaker. Uh, we started uh, this question period, at least I did, talking about patients and healthcare workers and healthcare professionals, the difficulties it causes when people don't get the care that they need, the challenges of being in a pandemic and the overdose public health emergencies and the exceptional steps that have been taken to address these difficult times. And the opposition, of course, is doing what I guess oppositions do, which is talk about politics. Well, Honourable Speaker, I don't, I don't agree with that approach, Honourable Speaker. I don't, I don't agree Members. with that approach. Well, Honourable Speaker, Honourable Speaker, in every case, when tragedies occur, whatever the circumstances, and we can't, as the member will well know, talk about the circumstances. It is awful. It is beyond awful for the family in question. And we, if we're a caring society, grieve with them and take every step we can to improve a public health care system which serves us well but can serve us better. And I'm going to continue to give everything I have on behalf of a government that will give everything we have to support a public health care system that gives care to people. We'll continue to do that, Honourable Speaker, continue to provide the support we need, continue to transform the system, continue to break down barriers, continue to provide support for people. Because it's those patients and those doctors and those nurses and those health sciences professionals and those health care workers who provide care for patients that matter, Honourable Speaker. And that is what I am focused on in this time, improving care for everybody. The bell and question period.